Nerds, dweebs, dorks, not born, but made. Nerds were once ridiculed, mocked, wedgied. Undeterred, nerds have persevered to take over the mainstream, defining popular culture. This is the story of one such nerd blazing his own middle-aged trail. And now he is determined to pass along his knowledge to the next generation. For this is... Hello, welcome to Indoctrination, where we aim to discover if a 40-something dad can convince his children that the nerdy stuff he loves is cool. I'm your host, Tom Walworth, and welcome to my journey to paternal relevance or irrelevance. The first episode we will be discussing is the Cape and Cowl Conspiracy, which was aired on October 14, 1992. It's the 25th in the air order, but it is the third episode on the second volume of the collection. We skipped from the 27th of the first volume to the third of the second volume. And it was a story that was adapted from a comic written by Elliot S. McGinn called Batman the Cape and Cowl Death Trap, which was written in 1975. It was a 12-page short with art by Walter Simonson, whom I understand is a luminary in the comics art world, but I wouldn't know because I wasn't collecting comics back then, nor was I alive. The voice cast features in the lead role of Wormwood, the interrogator, Bud Court, who has been a working actor for a very long time. I have a couple of things that are to my nerd cred that I know him from. In Kevin Smith's Dogma, he plays God, the incarnation known as John Doe Jersey, the one who likes to play skee-ball. And the most controversial one that I know him from is 1971's Harold and Maude. And I remember watching that in high school with my AP English class, and all my friends hated it, and I loved it. It's a great, great film. Super weird, but I highly recommend. Next up, a huge name playing the Baron, John Rhys-Davies. What's to say about John Rhys-Davies other than Gimli and Sala and tons and tons of other things that he's done? Yeah, he's awesome. If you don't know who John Rhys-Davies is, then I don't know what what rock you're hiding under. And the last one we're going to talk about is Mark L. Taylor. Uh, it doesn't matter what part he played, but he's another one of those working actors where you know his face, but you can't name a single thing he's been in. Apparently, though, he was in Inner Space, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. Highly underrated, I think. Martin Short doing some amazing physical comedy. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you check it out. That's all there is to say about this episode. Let's turn it over to the kids. We just finished watching... The Cape and the the Cowl Conspiracy. conspiracy. Right, the Cape and Cowl Conspiracy. (laughs) I keep forgetting the word. Uh, Well, it's it's an interesting word. Conspiracy. Con. Con. Spear. Spear. A C. A C. Conspiracy. conspiracy. There you go. Do either of you know what a conspiracy is? Uh, no idea. I have no idea. What? 
basically, without me looking it up, if we actually do have listeners, please don't roast me. The conspiracy is basically when there's a mystery afoot and only a few people know why it's happening. Now, we all know what a cape is, mm-hmm. but what is a cowl? It's a mask, I think. You know, I've never really thought about what the cowl is. I'm just like, oh, it's the, it's the cowl, the Batman's cowl. But I think a cowl is more than that. I'll have to go look that up. I think connected mask. Okay, fine. I will look this up. <laughs> Here we Please go. Please don't roast him. Well, Please instead of me just him. pretending I know. Cowl. Not a not vowel. Cowl. I gotta learn how to type. <laughs> okay. It says... According to um, the Oxford Languages Dictionary on the Googles, a cowl is... You ready to listen? Yes. Okay, let's do this. It's a large, loose hood, especially one forming part of a monk's habit. Basically, the part of Batman's costume, the cowl, is everything that is connected to the cape that covers his head. So it's sort of like the mask and the ears and the, the whole thing. That's his cowl. We've sort of talked about what a conspiracy is. We've talked about what a cowl is quite badly, I might add. And now we're ready to talk about what happens in this show. But before we discuss the episode, what are our names today? Because it's going to be the name we use for this segment and the next segment. Yeah. So, Firstborn, you are going to be called what? Do you want to do one of the Pokemon on your shirt? Gengar. I had a feeling you were going to go with Gengar. How about you, Secondborn? Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff? Gengar and Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff is one of the um, uh, Pokemon on my shirt. Yes, it is. She's so cute. So, what happened? Who wants to start? Gengar or Jigglypuff? You both do? <laughs> okay. Okay, Jigglypuff, you kept your arm up longer. We see a man walking through a golf place thing about Bob. I have no idea where he's walking to. But yes, he's going. walking to um, quicksand. Yeah, he ends up in quicksand. What? What's this whole encounter about, Gengar? For a large amount of money, I think. Right. The guy who's walking is supposed to somehow have something called bearer bonds. I don't know what bearer bonds are. I've heard bearer bonds so many times in movie plots. It's like a piece of paper that says this is worth this amount of money. And at this point, we just know that he has bearer bonds and that the guy at the microphone wants them. And as you said, Jigglypuff, the guy walks into quicksand. Who's going to tell us what happens next? Yes, Gengar. He starts to sink down, and the guy on the microphone said, where did you put the bombs? And he said, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. And is that the end of the scene? Yeah. Okay, what's the next scene? I need to think. I'll, I'll set it up. So it's Commissioner Gordon and Batman in Commissioner Gordon's office. Um, and he shows com- and Kishima- com- Commissioner Gordon shows Batman the picture. Right, and a picture of the guy who fell in sh- in quicksand. Right, and we find out that these bearer bonds are supposed to go to a specific place. Who's supposed to get the money, Gengar? Poor people. Specifically, refugees from. Uh, Eastern Europe. Do you know what a refugee is? No yeah, idea. A refugee is is a place where poor no, people go no, no, to no. get food and I don't know. No, no. A refugee is a who. So it's a person. Who? who are refugees? 
poor people? They can be poor people. They're not always poor people. They may be people who have become poor. But usually a refugee is someone who has to leave their home because the conditions are too bad to, to live there and they seek um, refuge. They seek they seek care and uh, you know shelter and food and clothing from someone else, usually another country. Okay, so there's refugees from Eastern Europe and $750,000 that's supposed to go to them will not go to them because the bearer bonds were stolen. What happens at the end of that meeting? Batman shows Commissioner Gordon a picture of a guy. Um, who, who, okay, who is the guy? Um, a guy, well, I forget his name. But I also he, forget his name. But uh, he works for the guy that sunk guy in... Okay, we need to get some names hand. instead of instead of guy, 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 um, guy. A girl. Wormwood. Wormwood, right. So Wormwood is the person who we saw in the first scene who lured the guy there, um, the guy whose name I'm not going to look up. Um, um, he lured him there with... Uh, at first, I was I thought it was going to be the Riddler because he gave him a riddle. At any rate, that's Wormwood, and what's his code name? Um, the Riddler. No, 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 that's a different guy. Um... This one was the Interrogator. Oh. His whole thing is that he tortures people to get information out of them. Mm-hmm. Batman says it looks like it's the work of the Interrogator, Wormwood, and they mention he has a known associate, which is the picture that they look at, and his name is the Baron, something something. Baron, the Baron. Something, something, something. The berry that delivers bearings. Not bearings, a baron. It's a it's a title of nobility that apparently this guy pretends to have. So where does Batman find the baron? Um, at a speech. He's giving a speech, and how does Batman make contact with the baron? Um. Does he just like walk up and say, "Hey, man, we got to talk," or does he do something a bit more dramatic? He just takes him. How? Um, does he put him over his shoulder and run out of there, or does he do something he's, else? He's flying. He's flying. How's he flying? Batman doesn't actually fly. How he, he he glider, gliding. He's gliding. He's gliding. Not technically, he's not gliding. He's he's swinging. Oh. He swings in on a rope, grabs him right out of his seat, takes him through some food. And everyone starts thinking it's really funny. I didn't understand. I would have thought that the guests would have been more scared or shocked. But they just start giggling because the guy gets humiliated with, like, mustard on his face. face. (laughs) So he takes him outside, and he wants to get all this information about Wormwood. What does he say to the Baron before they take off with the uh, grappling hook? I do not know. Doesn't he say, like, I hope hope you're uh, not afraid of heights? (laughs) The very next thing we see... Where do we see the Baron? In his office. No. Batman. The scene with Batman. Oh. And and the Baron is just like hung off a red piece of wood. He's being hung by his suspenders, which I think is a little risky because even if you have the suspenders that are buttoned to your pants, they will not support your weight. That dude should have fallen to his death. Yeah. Because and, and- no, not yeah. I'm that's not how Batman doesn't kill. So the fact that he would take such a risk just shows that this is really a cartoon and not anywhere, not anything resembling dead, what could happen in real life. You would be dead by then. 
But what if you were really, 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 really skinny and light? Maybe. Maybe. What if he was a feather that talks? Oh, pff, well, a yeah. A talking feather. Funny. A talking feather. Okay. <laughs> so after that, Batman leaves, and ba- before he leaves, do you remember what he tells him? Um, for your, you said, for your hell, you better take a vacation. And then he flies around. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and we were, we were watching, when we were watching the show, Jigglypuff totally remembered that point, so I wanted to give you some props for that. The next thing we see is Wormwood is visiting the Baron. And he's actually Batman. Don't give away the spoiler at the end. Fine. He's talking to the Baron. What does he want Wormwood to do? Get Batman's cape and cowl. And Wormwood thinks that this is really interesting. And he asks the Baron why he wants it. What does the Baron ask Wormwood to share in order for the Baron... Because the Baron's not going to tell Wormwood why he wants the cape and cowl until Wormwood tells him something. What's that thing he's supposed to tell him? Where he put the bonds. And he wouldn't tell him. So he figures, okay, he's going to set a trap for Batman. Yes. So he gives him a riddle. Who gives Batman the riddle? The interrogator. How does he do it? By giving it to Commissioner Gordon. Right. So he sends it to Commissioner Gordon. And what do we see for the very first time? The bat signal. The bat signal on the roof of GCPD. You mean the police station? Yeah, Gotham Gotham City Police Department, GCPD. What does Batman say to Gordon about the new light? What's, um, he, what's he call it? The mayor. Mayor. Well, he mentioned, yeah, he says the mayor might not like it, but he calls it a toy. It's, like, it's a new toy. New toy to play so with. So now Gordon has a way to call Batman, and he hands Batman the riddle. And I didn't bother to remember what the riddle said. Where iron horses come to rot. And I, I forget the Okay, rest. thank you for remembering that. So, D- Dan- Damsel in distress or something like that? Gordon says, do you know what it means? And Batman says, don't you? And just leaves. Where are the iron horses? At the train station. So what was the trap, Jigglypuff, that the interrogator set for Batman? Trapping Batman in a train. And trying to save a damsel in distress. So Batman's in the train. The train starts moving on its own. And what's the deal with the damsel? Where is she? On the the tracks, tracks, tied. And he says, I'll save her if... You let me out? No. No, no, no. I'm saying the the interrogator says that he will save the woman if Batman... Hands over his cape and cowl. Does he get out? Yes. Does he save the girl? No. Well, he would have if she was real. But she turns out that she's just what? A hologram. He just jumps right through her, right as the train's going. So he put himself in danger as well. Gee. Next thing we see, the car getting away with Wormwood. Wormwood calls the Baron. And then at the end, he says, I have a facility at the Wax Museum. At the Wax Museum. So this time when he sends... This time when he sends the, the riddle, how does he do it? He, he literally slaps it on the GPD's face. GCPD. GCPD face. On the face? What do you mean the face? As in the front. Of what? Of, of the police station, of course. Okay, well, you're saying it in a weird way. So, yeah, it's on the building. Very, very large. And it mentions, like, Washington and Lincoln and Babe Ruth all next to each other. And this time, Batman actually explains what the riddle means. What the what? Wax Museum. I forget what the name is they have for the wax museum, but it's supposed to be a play on Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. 
which is very famous. He explains it to Gordon, as, as he explains it, it seems really quite obvious to Batman, and Gordon's like, oh, yes. But that's not super important. What happens is he goes to the wax museum, and almost immediately, what happens? Jigglypuff. When Batman goes to the wax museum, what happens? He's trapped in the wax museum. And not only that, he, he gets trapped once, and then he gets trapped again in the even smaller room. Um, he goes into the smaller room, and then the interrogator says, there's a 200,000-something light at the top. Yeah, I forget the term, too. So there's a light there. A very hot light. And the interrogator says... I don't know what else it does, but I do know it melts wax. Mm-hmm. Good job. And soon it will It'll melt, melt you. you. Nice. So it's getting really, really hot, and the wax is getting everywhere. So what does Batman try to do to escape? Um, Break. Um, Go out through the roof. Right. Try to go out through the, the um, see the, whatever it's called. The What's it called when you have The open and close <laughs> roof. Well, he's trying to get to the roof through the oh the skylight. He's trying to go through the skylight. And it's closing. But the skylight has it's closing and it cuts off the line for his grappling hook. So he's stuck there. How does he get out of the heat? He throws a battering. Well, first he tries throwing his utility belt. That doesn't do anything. But then he throws. But then, but then he sees one of the wax statues melts, mm-hmm. and and he. Takes the pole, takes off the arms and things, and then hurls it like a spear. Okay, so let's back up. So it turns out that all these wax figures in this story have a metal frame, sort of a metal skeleton underneath. What I thought was really funny is as soon as it melts, you know, you can see it, and it's got a spiky end for the head. Did you notice what they did with the animation? No. You know how sometimes you see the light sparkle off of a, a shiny surface? Yeah. Kind of goes, but without the sound. So he looks at it, and there's like all of a sudden the light glances off the metal right at the pointy, pokey part. You mean the head? Yeah, basically. The spark. So what happens after he breaks the lamp with that spear? That the metal spear. Yes. Yeah, the metal Um, spear. I want, I want your sister to answer. I want your sister. She hasn't talked in a while. He breathes, and then the, and then Wormwood says, "Don't breathe too deep." Because there's a nerve-wracking um, gas tank. tank. Yeah, I From can't remember tank. the but it's basically nerve nerve gas, which is nerve-wracking gas. Nerve gas. I have no idea what that is. Well, Seriously. basically, what it does is it, it makes it, you cough. Yeah, it attacks your nervous system and makes you lose control of your body. I yeah. think. Should I look this one up too? Yeah. Okay. What if you just do this? Well, you can only hold your breath for so long. Your body needs oxygen. Let's see. Bring a scuba suit. Seriously, bring a scuba suit. Well, he didn't know what was going to happen when he got there. What is weird, though, is normally Batman has those sorts of things. So nerve gas is are chemicals that affect the nervous system. All nerve agents cause their toxic effects by preventing the proper operation of an enzyme that acts as the body's off switch for glands and muscles. Without an off switch, the glands and muscles are constantly being stimulated. Exposed people may become tired and no longer be able to keep breathing. That's from emergency.cdc.gov. It's bad. It's very bad. That's basically, it's bad. You can die. So Batman, how does he get out of it? He says, he gives gives Wormwood 
the cowl, the That's keeping right. cowl. That he does, but he's prepared. He has another mask underneath. Wormwood gets away, and Batman throws his uh, um, utility, belt? utility belt at the window where Wormwood was doing all the controls. And what does he do when he sees that Wormwood is gone? <laughs> yeah, he did exactly that. He growled. And I'm like, that's weird. We'll talk about why that's weird, that's weird. In, a, in a minute. I was like, what in the world? I mean, at first I thought it was weird because that seemed weird that Batman would growl because he's not that kind of person. But when we get to the twist, that will make even less sense. So the next scene we see they're back at the Baron's office. Yes. And he gives him the cape and the cowl. Then the Baron asks Wormwood what he wanted to know when Wormwood was going to start. Right, he wanted to know where the bear bonds were, right? Mm-hmm. And did he tell him? No. Yeah. No, yes. no, he did. And he said, in my hand... A key. A key to a... Uh, oh, it didn't even matter where, to some box to somewhere. To some boy or man. So Wormwood asks the Baron why he wants the cape and cowl, and what does the Baron say? I want to put them on. I'm going to wear them. And he's bat. He becomes he becomes Batman, and next thing we see on the desk is what? A mask. A mask. Now, okay, now let's back up for just a minute right now before we talk about the rest. So apparently, everything from the moment that they had their first meeting, Wormwood and the Baron, where the Baron asks for the cape and cowl, that was Batman. And he says. I want my own cape and cowl. He was like, I want my own cape and cowl. Now, this means that Batman knew the only way to get the information was to provide the interrogator something that he had to know. Why the heck would the Baron want to have the cape and cowl? Now, on the surface, I thought the Baron wanted the cape and cowl because the Batman had embarrassed him. Because I thought it was the actual Baron. Because the actual Baron is considerably shorter than Batman. Maybe he just had to, like, bend his knees a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. You can do things with cartoons that you can't do in real life. So, whatever. Plot twist. When Batman hangs the Baron up on his things, yep. when Batman gets away, I don't know why, but this makes so less sense. Well, he growls, and then, and then like a few minutes later, Batman growls. And like, well, that's what true. in the wide world yes, is that's going true. on? It, it's true that, that um, the real Baron growls when he gets left by the Batman, and then... The Batman growls. But here's the thing I didn't understand about the growling. Why would he growl when Wormwood got away? He knows he's going to see him in a second. Who is he growling for? I have no idea. He's growling for us, the audience. But if this was the real situation, he would have no reason to growl. Uh, I would just say, no! He'd be like, whoop, that, that went according to plan, and now I go meet the guy. I think it's a strange plan to entrap him. I would but... say no. Anyway, when he becomes Batman again, what happens? They fight. When they when they bust through the door, where does the fight take them? To In a pool. To a gym. To a gym with a pool and... Um, I don't know what else. Weights. Weights. The most important part is they both end up fighting with... Weights. Barbells. Or barbells. Well, the dumbbells are the little ones that you can hold in your hand where the weight is on either side of your grip, like the ones we have in the house. Mm-hmm. The barbells are those ones where it's, there's, a, there's a really long bar with the big discs, disc weights on the end. Mm-hmm. Kind of look like tires. 
Yeah. Wheels and, what, and, a, and an axis. What if you just put mm-hmm. a tire, th- like three tires on each side? You could. So they're fighting with these things. And how does the fight end? Batman loses his tank thing. I forget its name. Um, the barbell? The barbell. And then Wormwood loses his and he almost falls off. Well, basically, he lunges at Batman, right? Yeah. And how, what does Batman do? He, he dodges it. Dodges it. And what was behind Batman? Glass. Yeah, glass. A window. A, a window. A, a mul- a many stories above the ground. And apparently, Wormwood Worm. grabs on to Batman, or Batman grabs on to Wormwood, catches him, but the barbell keeps going. What, it ha- what does it do when it hits the street? It breaks it. Oh, man, it really breaks it. That's some serious damage to the road. Imagine having a 1,000-pound barbell just hit the ground from, from like a 10-story like building. I would have guessed from my days taking weightlifting in high school that the weight of that barbell set might have been, let's see, 40, maybe 120 pounds. Jeez. Maybe. 125, something like that. Because the bar, the bar, if it's the same type of bar that I had when I was in high school, it was a 45 pound bar. And then you add weights to that. Anyway, so Batman's causing uh, damage for the taxpayers to fix. And then they go through the whole thing and he gets arrested. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Batman throws Wormwood in the pool. Then he steals the key. And And then then, then then Batman just grabs his head and pulls him up. And he's like, here's the key. Right. And now I will go to jail for three years. So all the usual stuff Gordon and Batman talk about, you know, blah, 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 blah. 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 Not super important. Last thing we see, Wormwood's in jail. And what does he get? What does he receive as a gift? Cowl and cape. The cape Cape and cowl. cowl. Is (laughs) is he happy about that? No. No. Okay. So we didn't do the thing where we talked about the parts we liked as it was going. So that's all right. What is your favorite part of this episode? episode Gengar probably the last scene where they fight you You always like the fights why why is that he's violent (laughs) (laughs) he's he's violent maybe maybe we need to get you some training so you can get some discipline with that urge to beat people up what was your favorite part the damsel in distress were you disappointed that she wasn't a real person no it was fun (laughs) well well, go go more into that so it's funny oh it was funny that it was a hologram Yes. Okay. Interesting. My favorite part, I think it was having the bat, the bat signal. <laughs> well, it's 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 one of those iconic things that they have in the comics, and the shows and the movies. There's always the bat signal. Always. Yeah. And why in the world do we never see the bat signal in in the last um uh, how many episodes? Well, because it, they just started using it. And now there's no story as to why Gordon chose to do this, but. He did. Let's go what we didn't like about this episode. Should we start with Jigglypuff this time? Probably Batman's getting trapped. It did seem to happen quite easily. Very easily. He should have been expecting the traps. But he... I guess, but in a way, he was expecting the traps. Dad? Yes? The second time, he should have not went there because he knew there was going to be traps. Yeah, it's interesting. He must have been really confident in his ability to get out of the traps. And he seems to he seems to not be that he's confident but not strong enough. Not ready. 
Yeah, it, it did seem a little odd that he would have walked into danger so easily. How about you, Gengar? Same thing. Yeah, mine Mine was that I, I had a hard time believing that Batman could pretend to be an entirely other person that the other guy knows when he's so physically different. That is weird. I, I find that really hard to believe. So, yeah, I mean, yes, it's a cartoon, but it's based, it's very much rooted in some sort of physical reality. So that doesn't seem possible. I realized that a few episodes ago, I stopped rating things. Like I was rating the story and the characters and the music and the action, and I stopped doing that. But I realized that I wasn't rating the episode myself, like you guys were rating the episode. So I'm going to stick with my, with, with my five batarangs. You can use as many batarangs as you want. But, you know, if I w- if you were to use five, um, for me, it's four out of five Batarangs simply because I think that weirdness about him taking over the Baron's life and, and walking into, you know, all the things that we said that we didn't like keep it from being a five. So, so I'm at a four. Where are you? One. Ooh, you didn't wow. like it at all. Wow. That's a, wow. that's like a really low I one. I said up. one. One is barely a number. Why Why one? Did it bother you that much? It really wasn't that exciting. Mm, okay. For me. How about you? Zero. Whoa. Yeah. So this seems like one we should not be telling our friends to go see. Yeah. I'm like, I hate this. Interesting. I hope. Well, I hope that the next episode that was is really a bit more boring. interesting. Let's preview the next ep- episode, shall boring. we? Okay, we heard you. So the next episode is called Perchance to Dream. And when we read we read the the description of it when we were looking at it on the TV. Batman figures out well, his ba- parents are not dead. Well, he's not Batman. He yeah, he wakes up one day and he's not Batman and his parents are alive. And that, maybe it's a dream. May, it could be a dream. Yes. So we'll see who is behind this dream of Batman's on the other side of this. A word from our non-sponsors. Next up, Perchance to Dream. This was aired on the 19th of October, 1992, 26th in the air order, and we're going backwards by one in the collection, the second episode in the second volume. The writing team behind this was Lauren Bright and Michael Reeves, with the teleplay by Joe R. Lansdale. Now, I didn't know much about Joe R. Lansdale until I looked him up on IMDb, and now I am freaking excited. For those who know me well, and some of you are starting to get there as you listen to this, Joe R. Lansdale wrote the novella Bubba Hotep, which I did not know existed. I didn't realize that that movie was adapted from an earlier source. I thought it was a brand new original screenplay. It is one of my favorite Bruce Campbell movies ever. That's including all his Spider-Man cameos and the entire 
Evil Dead series. Bruce Campbell plays Elvis Presley. I don't think there's anything else I have to say, but the concept for the story is also pretty amazing, and this guy wrote it, so that's something I'm going to put on my wish list. The voice cast is a lot of the usual players that have been in earlier episodes. We have uh, Diana Maldar, whom I didn't really know, but I think it's really interesting that on the original Star Trek series, she plays two different characters with the title of Doctor. Then a little bit later, well, 20 years later, in Star Trek Next Generation, she plays another Doctor. And on this series, she plays Dr. Leslie Tompkins. So I've just decided that she's the Doctor actor. And we get a return of Roddy McDowell as as the Mad Hatter. Spoilers. And Adrian Barbeau as Selena Kyle Catwoman. I didn't talk about her in the earlier episodes because I wasn't doing these little rundowns, but I will be talking about her in a later episode where she is featured more heavily. I will point out before I embarrass myself in the actual segment that the title does in fact come from Shakespeare, but not from A Midsummer Night's Dream, as I said, but rather from Hamlet, and I am super embarrassed that I did not make that catch. And that is all there is to say. Kids, take it away. Welcome back. We just watched the episode... Perchance to Dream. Perchance to Dream. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, or last episode that our listeners listened to, we were trying to figure out who might be the villain in this episode. Now, before we say who it actually was, I think we were guessing things like the Scarecrow and that sort of stuff. Um, But that turned out not to be the case. So let's tell the audience what happened in this episode. Let's see if we can do a better job and talk about what we like. So if there's something that happened and you're like, ooh, that was really cool, I want you to talk about it like that. Okay? So how does it start? (gasps) Men robbed a bank. That's not the the first thing that happened. I think it is. it? No, it no, it wasn't. What was the first thing that happened? The first thing that happened was Batman was chasing a car. Right. Yeah, and his car. Yeah, so he's chasing them, and they end up. They were in a bank. They were. No, they, they weren't. Were, they were. They did. Whatever. Whether you're right or wrong, get your mouth next to the microphone so I can hear you and don't whisper. <laughs> also, I believe they were in the stupid baker. It's possible they were in the stupid baker. I don't. <laughs> I don't pay attention <laughs> enough to what cars look like. It wasn't the stupid baker. But it certainly was an old-style car. The stupid baker is a little different. Okay. Anyway, when they finally jump out of the car, they're in some sort of... Factory? Right. And then what happens? Batman comes in. Yes. And then a light flashes. Yep. And Batman gets, like, knocked out. And there's, and they, like, and some <laughs> sparkles on his face. Right, yep, And yep. then there's a trap. So wait, those, those sparkles, what do you think those sparkles meant? Um, he was dazed. Mm, he was dazed. He was super confused. What's going on? Yep, that's what I would say. So, and then he wakes up, and what happens? He's in a different world. A dream world. Well, how was his first clue that he's in a dream world? That the Batcave can't be opened. That is certainly one of the earlier things that happens. But the very first thing he says when he wakes up is 
can't believe I fell into that trap like an amateur. And Alfred has no idea what he's talking about. And he asks how he got back to his bedroom. And he said, well, did Robin get there? And who did, who did Alfred think that he meant Robin was? A lady. But who is he supposed to be engaged to? I don't know. Um, Catwoman? But she's not Catwoman in this world. She's just Selina Kyle. And then he goes and he looks for the Batcave and it's not there. What th- really throws Bruce? His parents are alive. His parents are alive. And did you know that the actor who does the voice of Thomas Wayne, his father, is the same actor who plays Bruce Wayne? Kevin Conroy did the voice of Bruce Wayne oh and Thomas Wayne. He just made his voice a lot lower to play Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Thomas Wayne. So Bruce doesn't know anything about his life. So what does he do to try to figure it out? Washes his face. Well, he does, he does that. And he dries it. Uh-huh. I, I'm not sure and how that's going to help him, but yes. I'll just put water on my face and go to bed and never wake up. Who does he ask to help him remember? Alfred. What kind of life does Bruce lead in this world? He has a family. He doesn't have a family? He has a family. He does have a family. And what does he do for work? Wayne Enterprises. Does he actually do anything? No. Who does most of the work for Wayne Enterprises? Um, Thomas Wayne. Lucius Fox. And he's like, it's all wrong. So the next scene we see him, he's at his office, just kind of like... Playing with the pen. At the table. Yep, sitting at the table playing with his pen. Who comes to visit? Selena Kyle. And what happens in their conversation? Do you remember? She takes off her glove. Yeah. I guess one of the most important things is... Batman shows up. And what does Bruce do? Well, Batman shows he runs up outside. Out. He runs outside. Batman shows up outside. It's not like Batman popped into their conversation and came through the window or anything. They just see Batman outside. In Batman! The... They see Batman outside, and so he chases him out, out there. And what does Batman do? Stops a robbery. That's where the, the jewel thief happens. And he makes a big mistake. What was that? He broke a red thing that has water in it. Fire hydrant. So this and then bat- he just ran away. So this Batman does 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 So this Batman does just as much property damage as regular Batman. Yeah. Okay. Because in the last episode, Batman is somewhat responsible for a hundred pound barbell flying out of a building and landing in the street and breaking the road. Also, I think that would cost about, like, $100. One million dollars. Less than that. Less than a million, more than a hundred. Two hundred. Well, I don't know, but it's it, it's significant. $1,576. I'm not going to speculate because I don't have any idea. I just know that it probably costs more than that. And so Selena is like, oh, isn't he so great? He's pretty impressive, this Batman, right? Yeah. Yeah. So who does who does uh, Bruce go see? A psychiatrist. Well, she's not a psychiatrist. It's the doctor that he knows best, Leslie Tompkins. Where in the real world, she was one of the ones who helped him when he was a young boy. And what does she say? It's a delusion, Bruce. Oh, sorry. Before 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 she's ta- before he talks to, to Leslie, he asks Selena if she is if she recognizes the name Catwoman. But that doesn't really go anywhere, so I guess I didn't need to mention it. Anyway, back to Leslie Thompson. So she says that it's a delusion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. why does she think that he's having this delusion? Um, He thinks he's Batman. So he thought he was Batman. 
So they're talking about what we are experiencing as the real world beforehand. She is saying is a delusion. What does she say was the reason that Bruce decided to think he was Batman? I have no idea. I seriously have no idea. Basically is that his life was meaningless and he wanted to associate himself with someone who did important stuff. Does he accept what she says? Yes. Yeah, he says, he says I, guess, I guess you must be right, something like that. So when he gets home, he's much different. How would you describe how he's behaving when happy. he's at home? He's happy. Yeah, he's feeling better. But where do you read the paper? What's on the paper, the newspaper? Scribbles. No, they're letters, but they don't make sense. That's right. They make no sense. Some of them, are they're not even in, in like lines. They're like different sizes. It's all, all messed up. We got the idea, Gengar. Okay. Um, I'm a little jiggly buff. <laughs> and so he says, it's, a, it's all a lie. He looks at the books on his bookshelf, and they all have gibberish in them. So he knows something is wrong. Gibberish? As in, so what's his plan? How's he going to solve this problem? He's going to find out who's who did ba- this to him. Who's Batman? Well, he he's convinced that Batman is the reason that this is happening to him. But he doesn't know why. I'm not telling you the secret yet. Okay, not yet. How does he try to go get the Batman's attention? And he goes he, to the last place on his midnight patrol. Right. So technically, he goes and buys some stuff at a sporting goods store for climbing. Gets a rope and a... A rope and a... Uh, grappling um, hook. Grappling hook. He asks for a flare gun and flares, but he, does he ever use them? No. Not once. Anyway, so he gets them, and then some policemen are like, hey, you can't park here, and he runs away, and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. He ends up at this cemetery, and inside the cemetery, there's what? What's the Bell building? tower. A bell tower. So he climbs the top of the bell tower. What does he say when he gets there? I'm here. I've been waiting for you. Okay. There's something else. Yeah, oh, and you did this to me. And who shows up but... Batman! Batman. Not real Batman. Okay, so... Now can I tell you the surprise? They're, they're, they fight. During the fight, Bruce explains how he realized it was a dream. Did you catch what it was? It's not real! It was about the newspaper. Now, I can't remember which brain half he he used. The, the right side is for dreaming, and the right side Wait, is for... Wait, you just said right twice. The left side is for, Dream. for dreaming, and the right side is for something else. Yeah. It's for reading. Yeah, and I have a feeling that I can't remember. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother looking up the the science on this, but that's probably an over oversimplification of how the brain works. But, <laughs> but for this this story, it works fine. So he figured, he so he realizes that you can't read anything in dreams because different parts of the brain control those two different things, and that's how he knew it was a dream for sure. And in the process of the fight, Jigglypuff, who is under the mask? The Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. We've seen him once. Right. We, we saw him just uh, just two episodes ago. Well, just last week, actually. In the, Well, so I should say, in the last podcast episode, we watched Mad as a Hatter. Before we get too far. So that was literally one episode in between. No, we wa- the last episode was Keeping the Cow. I know. That was the episode in between. There was one episode in between Mad as a Hatter and Perchance to Dream. Now, a couple things that are interesting to me. Um, should we finish the wrap-up and then talk about this? Yeah. Let's yeah. finish the rest of the story, then I'll talk about this. So Bruce is concerned that the Mad Hatter knows all his secrets. But what does this Mad Hatter tell him? I don't. I don't know. Basically, he says, 
that him being in the dream is only because Bruce put him there. But he's but, which is weird. But the but Bruce knows way too much. There's a little hole in this theory. This Mad Hatter says that the mind control device cannot share any information with the outside world, but it creates a fantasy world for Batman. My question is, if that's the case, and this whole world is created, allows Bruce to create this fantasy world, why, why would Bruce be able to answer these questions if this Mad Hatter is just in Bruce's brain? So something right there doesn't hold up. At any rate, he says... You have everything you ever wanted, your own private wonderland. What else does he tell him? Do you remember anything in that conversation? I, I forget some He says that you can't wake up and you can't fight it. But what does Bruce realize he can do? can jump off the building. And he says, and the, mad, and the not real Mad Hatter says, this is, this is not a what? I don't know. Are you going to... You gonna finish that sentence? This is not like a normal dream. Oh, this is not like a normal dream, right? Yeah. And then he just jumped off. Well, yeah. And before he does, he says, "You don't know what could happen." And and Bruce says, "Well, then I'll see you in your nightmares." That's right. So it works. He jumps. He falls, and as soon as he hits the ground, or instead of hitting the ground, Batman wakes up. And what's happening in the real world? He's hooked up to a mind control device. And then he talks and fights. Yeah, he takes it off, fights the henchman. Instead of punching out the, the, the um, Mad Hatter, which wouldn't make much sense because the Mad Hatter is not a very physically imposing dude. I would say punch him in the face. Yeah, he didn't punch him in the face, but he just said, mm. he said, why did you do it? Do you remember what, what he says in response, what the Mad Hatter says? Were you even watching the show? Yeah, yeah. What does he say? Um... You're just messing up my world, so I put you in a different one. Right, so you ruined my life, and I gave you the life of your dreams just to keep you out of mine. So he just wanted Batman to just leave him alone. So here's my question. Oh, and then after the end, when Gordon comes around and they, he looks at the device, he said, what do you think it does, and, and what does Batman say? Um, it does the stuff. It's made of the stuff of it does the stuff of dreams. Yeah. yeah, the stuff that dreams are made of is what it does. Okay, now it's the end of the episode. So let's talk real quick. In the airing order, there was Mad Hatter, uh, Bad as a Hatter, then the Cape and the Cowl conspiracy, and then Perchance to Dream. Mm -hmm. So one episode. Wait. But what happened at the end of the Mad as a Hatter episode? Um, mind control thing was broken. Yes, but more importantly, Mad Hatter was caught. Where does he go? How does he get out? How's he able to remake this stuff so quickly? Wait. I have no idea. Wait, that, Dad. That, yes. I think I think he went to Where's the place where our bad guys Oh Arkham? Get Arkham. I'm gonna sign. Yeah, so there's nothing in the story that explains how he gets out of Arkham. So that's I think he just weird. breaks out. So I assumed that maybe the this fact that this is a second volume story, you know, the second volume in the DVD or whatever, mm -hmm. that there was going to be a big gap between the Mad Hatter episode and this episode. But instead of there being one episode in between those two stories, there's just two. If you're binge watching everything, you'd see Mad as a Hatter, something else, something else, and then 
then this one, and then the Cape and the Cow conspiracy. What? Yeah, so in yeah, in the DVD, it goes, perchance to dream, then Cape and Cow. But in the broadcast order, it was Cape and Cow, then perchance to dream. Again, we forgot to talk about things as being cool or whatever as we talked about them. So, what were the cool parts? Um, it's gotta be... I'd, I just don't know why the fights weren't that exciting. Uh, well, what fights mm-hmm. were there? The fight with the Batman. Yeah, that yeah it was the only fight. wasn't wasn't that exciting. But maybe this maybe this episode wasn't supposed to be about fighting, physical fighting. Wait, can now can I say? Yes. He being in an in a dream, it was really cool. It was just the fact that the, the Mad Hatter was able to do that. Yeah. Like the like the technology part was kind of cool. Yeah. I'd be like that. So when let's I come back to that. That that I nope. want to be in a dream. Let's talk about that fighting thing. You Gengar are always obsessed about Batman fighting. Mm-hmm. Now, fighting is one of the things that Batman does, and there. But the other thing that Batman does is he has. He's known for his detective skills. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the stories. Are just, I really like the detective skills. Sometimes the stories are about detecting things, and he used some of that in, in here. He just pulled up that random information about left brain, right brain stuff with the dreams and reading the dreams. Um, but sometimes the stories are about the growth of a, of a character or willpower or you know that, that, that will to live, that kind of thing. So not everything is about a physical fight. That shouldn't always be the thing that we're, we're looking for. But you know, earlier episodes, I made a point of reviewing the action. And I would, I would probably agree that the action here is not that great. But I do like the fact that Bruce gets resourceful, uses a rope and, and a hook to climb buildings. Why does Gengar like fights? Why do you like fights, Gengar? I just, I just want to beat up Jigglypuff a ton. No, okay, try not to. <laughs> just say it and then laugh afterwards. I just want to beat up Jigglypuff a bunch. Why do you want to beat up your sister? I don't understand that. He likes violence. But why? Is it just because you're a nine-year-old boy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I also go all, all out for blood. Sometimes. Okay, so you kind of already told us what you didn't like. You didn't like that the fights were kind of interesting. Okay, Is there something you actually liked? Detective work and resourcefulness. Okay, sure. Okay. Things you didn't like. Jigglypuff. Um, Batman not being really real Batman. So you didn't like that his life got turned around? Well, that's an interesting thing that I wonder, why would Batman, when faced with the one thing he's always wanted, which is his parents to be alive, why he would reject that? Maybe he maybe he thinks it's just all wrong and he wants his life back. But the life he gets back is a life of pain. So he would rather have pain that's real than happiness that is fake. Mm-hmm. Happiness that was fake. That's an interesting conundrum. If your life was horrible, would you want to escape it? And if you did, would you want the escape to happen in your real life, or would it be okay if someone just made it up for you? No. I would I, not like to do that. Well, this is something that in many okay. years we're going to discuss when we watch the Matrix movies. And yes, audience, I will make them watch the original trilogy. No, I will not make them watch the fourth movie. Yes, we will watch the Animatrix, but that's not for a while. When you know, we can we can watch movies with with uh, adult words, and I don't have to worry about them repeating them at school to their teachers. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, for me, I like the fact that this is a story of accepting your reality. Yeah. And trying to do that. But the thing I, that was kind of weird about, I can't remember the dates, and I refuse to look it up, but this idea that it was all a dream not only happens um, in other TV shows, like there's a whole season of the, of the show Dallas where somebody was shot, Bobby, who, who shot Bobby, and then at the end of the season, um, it turns out that that whole past season was a dream and they reset the whole thing. But in this show alone, Batman the Animated Series, the idea of having dreams or things not being real is going to come up again. So I, I don't know if it's in the first season, but I hope it is. There's one with Batgirl where this same sort of thing happens. And if it's not in the first season, we're going to watch it anyway because it's real important. I don't know if we're going to review it for the podcast, but you must watch that episode. It's very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the ratings. Last time um, for The Cape and the Cowl Conspiracy, I gave you five stars, and you both stayed within the five stars, so much so that you guys gave, what, like one and zero or yeah. really low Really low ratings for the last one. It wasn't that exciting. What about this one? How do you rate it? Four. A four out of five? Yeah. Okay. At three. Three? Okay, fair. How about you? Three, too. I'm between a three and a four. I mean, I liked it. Three I liked and a half? But, yeah. It's one of those ones that's just a little bit more somber, a little bit more sad. I do tend to like the ones that get a little silly. So that is it. We are all solidly calling this an okay episode, but not great. What's the next episode? The next next week on our, on our on this podcast, we're going to be watching The Underdwellers. But when are we going to watch Night of the Ninja? Right after that. <gasps> so next week is The Underdwellers and Night of the Ninja. Yes. And I am cautiously Watching Night of the Ninja, I can't imagine that it's going to be very sensitive to Japanese culture, but I'm no expert, so we'll we'll see what happens. Until next time, well, then why don't you just sign? Why don't you guys just say goodbye, and then I will do my little Bye. goodbye. This is indoctrination. Bye. This is indoctrination. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. Episode twenty-three. <laughs> I don't have the heart to tell them that it's episode 14. You have been listening to Indoctrination. You can find us on Twitter at Indoctrination or email us at Indoctrination at gmail.com. Share your suggestions for the final sign-off and you could be the listener for the week. You should be able to find all this information and all recent episodes at Indoctrination.com. Rate and review us if your podcatcher lets you. I hope you are nice to us. Many thanks to my children for going along with this and my spouse for encouraging it. I promise I'll get to the dishes soon. For Gengar and Jigglypuff, I'm their dad. And to our listener out there, you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friends' noses. Why is your mouth not next to the microphone? You gotta stay next to the microphone at all times, just in case you say something brilliant. We want to capture it in the moment. Con man? Why what? is there so much silence? <laughs> Sorry, your, um, your auntie texted me. Oh, come on. 
Con Man and X Men. Okay, so back to the thing. A word from our not sponsors. I think you mean non. N O N. Non. A word from our non sponsors. Okay, what about this one? How would you. What about this one? Now. Oh my goodness. Really loud. 